The Tampa Bay Buccaneers take a golden opportunity and throw it away. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this live post-game reaction episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks, deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I want to share my appreciation for your continued support of the show. This episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. On today's episode, we are discussing the biggest takeaways and some encouraging performances. But first, let's talk about the biggest moments of the game and essentially what uh, what transpired to lead to a 16 to 13 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. And for me, the biggest moment of this game was the Devin Tompkins fumble. The Buccaneers got a takeaway to end the first half, and then they open the second half with a three and out. So the defense stood tall, did their job, and then you have Rashad White, who gets a 17-yard run, and it gets called back for holding. So the Buccaneers face a first and seven from their 28, and they run this quick little touch pass to Devin Tompkins, who was in motion going from right to left, and it was played perfectly by the Falcons. I, I don't hate the play call. I hated the execution, and the Falcons sniffed it out, played it perfectly, and it looked like it was going to go for a loss of about one or two yards. Instead, Devin Tompkins fights and fights and fights, trying to break free of the tackles, gain some extra yards, try to get back to the line of scrimmage, and here comes the peanut punch and a fumble thanks to landmen there of the Falcons. The, Falcon, the Falcons recover at the Buccaneers 27, and it just completely sucked the momentum out of the stadium, out of the team. And yes, even though on that ensuing possession where the Falcons recovered within field goal range, Desmond Ritter fumbles on the goal line. Um, following that fumble by Devin Tompkins, the Bucs offense would go three and out, they would have another drive that was six plays and they punted it away. And then the possession after that, Baker Mayfield throws a really, really bad interception. So after that fumble, they could not get the offense going again. Some other key moments in this game, you have the Antoine Hemfield Jr. forced fumble on the Desmond Ritter should be touchdown run. And 
an amazing heads up play by an all pro safety there by Antoine Winfield Jr. Got the Buccaneers the ball back. Then following the interception by Baker Mayfield, the Buccaneers still in a position to be able to tie or take the lead. And Baker Mayfield has a 31 yard run to the Atlanta 35 right at the two minute warning that ended up setting up a defensive pass interference on uh, Alford a couple of plays later. And then they have the game tying field goal. And then finally, uh, another really big, really bad play. Ryan Neal, once again, out of position, allows Kyle Pitts to make a big catch and run. It was second and 10 from the Atlanta 25, and Kyle Pitts ends up gaining 39 yards to the Tampa Bay 36 with 33 seconds left. That right there pretty much put them in Youngway Koo's uh, field goal range, and after that, it was all over. Um, some really, really frustrating moments in this game. And I'm going to continue to talk about that a little bit more. I do want to jump into the chat for just a quick second. Sean Gillis said, uh, Hainsey ruined us with those penalties. Yeah, but he wasn't the only one. Uh, definitely going to talk about that here in a little bit. And uh, Benjamin in the chat says, too many undisciplined penalties. Where has Barrett been? Defense got demolished. The Bucs look very unprepared and seem unmotivated. Barrett had a huge play at the end of the second half. That turnover that I mentioned that the Buccaneers ended the first half on before getting the Falcons to go three and out to start the second half. That was a, uh, it was a sack by Barrett and Kalijah Cansey. There we hear that name again. He is still playing really well. But Barrett with the forced fumble there to prevent the Falcons from doubling up being able to score points at the end of the first half and then open the second half with points. So I didn't hate Barrett's performance. He's, you know, he's, he's doing what he can. Uh, and he has certainly made some, uh, some splash plays. Uh, I did see somebody in the chat that said, Oh, here it is. Falcons have running bucks. Don't. Yeah, pretty much. And I know David said on Friday's episode that I was being way too kind to the Falcons rushing attack because they run a lot, but they, they don't really do it efficiently. Well, even without Bijan Robinson, they ran the ball a lot and they were still breaking off big chunk runs. Yes, Levante David had a lot of plays where he was hitting Tyler Algier or Cordell Patterson for no gain or for a loss, but there were still plenty of times that they were breaking off six, seven, eight, nine yards on rushes by Algier, by Patterson, even by Desmond Ritter. So, Plenty of blame to go around in uh, in this one. And I, I do want to point out, and I was going to save this for, for later in the show, but I'm going to talk about it right now. Um, it's time to put Ryan Neal on the bench. I've mentioned it before. At this point, the, the good that Ryan Neal brings does not outweigh the harm that he has caused by being out of position, by missing plays, by missing tackles. At this point, the Buccaneers are probably better off moving D Delaney into the starting safety spot, or and you hope that uh, Kayvon Merriweather is okay. He got injured during the game, but you have to do something because Ryan Neal is officially a liability in the back end of that defense. Antoine Winfield Jr., although he's him, although he is an all-pro, although he is doing everything that you could ask of him, he cannot be two people at one time. He can't be back there 
trying to cover up for Ryan Neal's mistakes while also getting his own job done. So it's really time for the Buccaneers to explore other options at that starting safety position because Ryan Neal is not getting the job done. And now you're getting ready to go on the road on a short week to Buffalo, who has struggled the last two weeks. They struggled in a win against the New York Giants. They just lost to the New England Patriots. They're going to be looking to get right. You can't afford to have a guy back there that is out of position, that misses assignments, and gives up huge chunk plays to an opposing offense. You just can't do it. And I like Ryan Neal. And I was excited when the Buccaneers brought him in. But if you're not getting the job done, you're not getting the job done. And Ryan Neal was a big reason why this game didn't go to overtime on that unbelievably blown coverage to Kyle Pitts that got them into field goal range. But what are my biggest takeaways from this game? That is coming up next here on Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. 49ers tight end George Kittle has had ups and downs with his big games for fantasy right along with some disappointing, disappearing ones. That's more based on the design of San Francisco's offense, which has many mouths to feed and is always looking for the best matchups to best use Kittle as a receiver. Week 8 presents a golden opportunity at home for a Kittle game against a Bengals pass defense that is good at cornerback but suspect with its safety and linebacker coverage. In what could be a sneaky high-scoring game with Joe Burrow on the other side, Kittle should get his targets with a chance for another massive afternoon. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. I got myself a full set of rotors and brakes for my car and saved a lot of stress with the Guaranteed Fit on ebay motors so keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit available only to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Every day, make sure you are coming back tomorrow. David will have a very special, very interesting guest coming up on this show. I'm sure they're going to take a look at what happened against the Falcons while looking ahead to the Buffalo Bills. Have to turn the page a little quicker than normal this week, but... Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On YouTube channel with hosts Tanitra, Jarvis, and Kyle 
who break down every game on your NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anybody else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. In a must-win game for both teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers failed to show up and take care of business, and I've seen a lot of people that are mad at Todd Bowles, mad at Dave Canales. Once again, you know, same as, as last week, but they weren't the biggest problem in this game to me, not by a long shot. And my biggest takeaway from this loss to the Falcons is that the Buccaneers beat themselves repeatedly nine penalties for 66 yards. And I'm going to go through some of these because, and I was talking to a, an avid and dedicated locked on bucks listener during this, this game. And I brought up one of the reasons that I felt that the Buccaneers were struggling so bad because early on, I liked the way the offense was moving. I liked a lot of the play calls. I liked that. It appeared that they were going up and down the field with ease until they turned around and shot themselves in the foot. So on the very third, the, the third possession, the Buccaneers on second and four get a false start call. So now it's second and nine. Now you have holding on Robert Hainsey, which negates a five-yard run to get those penalty yards back. So now it's second and 19. You gain five yards, then a false start on third and 14. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Every time you move one step forward, you go five steps backwards. And it's just, it's a lack of discipline. It is mental mistakes that are easily fixed. You take a look at a holding call on Trey Palmer that negated a 17-yard run by Rashad White. And the thing is, is it didn't even affect the play. Rashad White was getting those 17 yards with or without Trey Palmer holding. But it negates the run, negates a big gain, and the Bucs go back first and seven, Tompkins fumbles on the very next play. That play call doesn't happen if Rashad White gets those 17 yards. It just doesn't. First and 10 at the 50-yard line at the start of the fourth quarter. Three-yard run by Keyshawn Vaughn, holding on Cody Malk. So that sets up first and 20. The Buccaneers end up punting four plays later. They were consistently killing promising drives with self-inflicted wounds against a lesser team. And yes, I am going to call the Atlanta Falcons a lesser team because they are. The Buccaneers, however, did not get ready to play this football game. And beyond the penalties, they got away from what was working so well early on in making that offense look good. And that was targeting Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Godwin and Evans combined for 12 receptions on 20 targets for 148 yards and a touchdown. You finally got that deep ball that I was talking about all last week leading up to this game. Use Mike Evans to open up the deep ball. Stop airing it out to Trey Palmer. Stop airing it out to Devin Tompkins or Raheem Jarrett. Use Mike Evans. What did they do? They used Mike Evans, 40-yard touchdown. Fantastic. We're all excited. But when targeting Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, 
the Falcons secondary couldn't do anything. The Buccaneers got five first downs off of defensive penalties when Evans and Godwin were targeted. Defensive holdings, pass interferences, illegal hands to the face because Evans and Godwin were dominating A.J. Terrell and Jeff Okuda. There wasn't anything those two could do to slow down or stop Evans or Godwin. And you had a blatant defensive holding, arguably a defensive pass interference, on a crossing route by Jeff Okuda, who blatantly held Chris Godwin for whatever inexplicable reason. The flag was picked up, and the Buccaneers ended up failing on fourth down there. But why, why did you get away from targeting those guys? They should have gotten all but maybe 10 of Baker Mayfield's targets, if that. I'll get to some of the, the other contributors in the passing game in a little bit. But it was working. Even when you weren't converting on the passes, you were converting because of the flags, because Terrell and Okuda were so severely outmatched. Talked about it all week long. That was the recipe for success that Evans and Godwin needed to make up 70 to 80% of Baker Mayfield's targets in this game because both of them dominate against this Falcon secondary and they didn't do it. But my other big takeaway, and I see some of you talking about it in the chat, so I'm going to go ahead and get to it. Devin White was terrible. Devin White was absolutely terrible. A disappearing act in a huge divisional matchup, he was consistently beat and dominated by blockers on the Atlanta Falcons. Zero splash plays unless unless you want to count his play where he abandoned Tyler Algier to go after Desmond Ritter, leaving Algier wide open on second and eight from the Atlanta nine-yard line and allowing a 46-yard catch and run. Now, he got bailed out by Antoine Hemfield Jr., who forced the fumble of Ritter on what was looking like a walk-in touchdown to really end this football game. But if you're going to be a leader and you're going to talk about getting paid and wanting to make this money and, and all of this stuff, you can't have games like that. And we've talked about a couple of, of games where Devin White disappeared. This is a divisional matchup for first place in the division. You're coming off of a loss that came off of a bye, getting ready to travel to Buffalo on a short week. And you have the opportunity to go to four and two, two and oh within the division. And that's the performance. That's the performance that you put out there. You, you, you cannot do that. Levante David and Antoine Winfield Jr. truly looked like the only two defensive players that cared for most of the day. Shaq Barrett had a splash play. Jamel Dean had some nice tackles. Kalijah Kansi was continuing to look like a solid draft pick. But other than that, it was pretty much a forgettable performance by anyone on the defensive side of the ball. It was, it was so bad. So, so bad. So Devin White has to play the game of his season against the Buffalo Bills to try to steal a win there to make up for this 
inexcusable performance. You're a leader. You're a catalyst. You are one of the guys that the defense feeds off of. And now, I mean, feel free to disagree with me in the chat. And David can feel free to call me out on, on the next episode. I'm going to start talking about Devin White and Quan Alexander within the same breath. Because that's what that's what we're getting now. Quan Alexander made all the splash plays. He was the flashy guy. He was fun. He was the fan favorite. But then, bad plays, missed tackles, blown coverages, poor performances that cost the defense. You're not getting $100 million that way. Finally, I'm going to take a look at a few of the encouraging things that I saw, just so, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now, on FanDuel, the 49ers are six and a half point road favorites against the Jeffersonless Minnesota Vikings with an over under of 43. And despite the injury concerns, Christian McCaffrey is still the odds on favorite for an anytime touchdown scorer on Monday night. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Wrapping things up here on a live post-game reaction episode of Locked on Bucks. And I'm not giving out game balls in a loss. I'm not going to do it. But there are some players that deserve recognition for their performances on Sunday because they were able to shine despite an absolute turd of a game from the Buccaneers. So we're going to start off with the obvious. Antoine Hemfield Jr. Pay him all the money. Pay him every single penny. Seven tackles. He had a key pass breakup in the end zone. Forced fumble at the goal line. And had the hit on Drake London that was challenged unsuccessfully. But then Ritter fumbled on the very next play at the goal line. So Antoine Winfield Jr. single-handedly prevented three touchdowns by the Atlanta Falcons. Think about that. He is the best safety. In the NFL, he is playing as if he is the best safety in the National Football League. We talked about a bounce back performance after a very quiet game against the Detroit Lions, and he went above and beyond. So Antoine Winfield Jr. got to give the hat tip there. Levante David still got it. Still got it. I What else is there to say? Um, I had mentioned you know, just a, a minute ago that Levante and Antoine looked like the only ones that really gave a crap on defense, play in and play out. Um, but now a, a couple of solid performances from people that you didn't expect. And I'm going to start with Rashad White. Just hang on in the comments. Hey, hang on, hang on. Stay with me. Yes, it was a bad day running the football for Rashad White. 
because the Buccaneers didn't listen to David on Friday, who laid out that the Falcons can be got when running the ball off the tackles and not inside. So the Buccaneers ran everything inside. Now, he did have a few nice runs. I, I mentioned the 17-yarder that got called back because of a holding penalty on Trey Palmer that really had nothing to do with the play. Otherwise, his rushing numbers would look a little bit better. But it was Rashad's play in the passing game that was so impressive to me. And you know, he finished with six catches, 65 yards, and he had some clutch catches and you know some catch and runs that moved the sticks on third downs moved the sticks on second and long as a weapon in the passing game as that safety blanket underneath Rashad White did a really really impressive job and that's the kind of performances that you want to see out of him it doesn't have to be 80 90 yards rushing the ball but when you can get nearly a hundred yards in total offense out of Rashad White, things should end better than they did against the Atlanta Falcons. But getting him involved, making him that threat, that was a really, really good job by White in the uh, in the passing game. So I, I do want to give him some credit there. The other guy, finally, I get to talk about my guy, Kate Otten. Where did that come from? We need more of that. He had some absolutely huge first down catches. He was fighting. He was making tough catches in traffic, finished with five receptions for 43 yards. And I really liked seeing him get involved in the offense the way that he did in this game. And I do have to mention that while that interception by Baker Mayfield was a terrible throw, it was a very bad decision. I, I really loved the way that Mayfield bounced back on the next drive. And what I'm talking about was a clutch play by him where he rushed for 31 yards to the Atlanta 35 right at the two-minute warning. Now, unfortunately, they couldn't get the ball into the end zone. You did have the pass interference call that gave them first and goal. I liked the first down play call. It was a, a, a scary bobble by Chris Godwin that was nearly intercepted, but I was fine with that play call. I was perfectly fine with the second down play call Baker had a guy right in his face. The pass to Godwin was a little bit low. If Baker has two tenths of a second longer, that's a touchdown pass to Chris Godwin. And we're talking about the Buccaneers snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. The third down play call is the one that I hated. There was nothing but green grass between the offensive line and the goal line. All the Buccaneers receivers were in the end zone. All of the defenders for the Falcons outside of those rushing Mayfield were in the end zone. There was no shallow cross trying to allow a guy to make a play, break a tackle and get into the end zone. There was nothing. There was no dump off. There was no safety valve. There was nothing. And it resulted in a sack. Let your playmakers make plays. Yes, everyone knows that you need to go to the end zone on third and goal because you still have fourth down. You can still kick the field goal. That's fine. But you don't send the whole team into the end zone because nothing's going to be open. You are going to have five receivers. You are going to have seven, eight, nine guys, defenders in the end zone to prevent anyone from getting open. So Baker Mayfield has to 
tuck the ball away and take a coverage sack because of a terrible play design by just, all right, everybody go to the end zone. Let's hope for the best. That was, that was awful. But I did like the resilience and the way Baker bounced back after a really bad interception. He put him in a position to win, put him in a position where they ended up tying. And then you have a broken coverage by, Ryan Neal that leads to the Falcons getting in field goal range. Going to jump to the chat one more time before we get out of here. We we have Demon Hunter. Cade needs to be better at blocking. If so, he would be a great all-around tight end. I agree. He does need to get better at blocking, and it's something that he's working on. Right now, I like to see that involvement in the offense and doing what he does do best, and that's catch passes and move the sticks. So, you know, that's that's still something that they're going to be working on. But, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't hate it. Um, Matt in the chat says I would sit white based on his effort in this game. I get it. You don't you don't bench him. You can't because he's one of those guys that, yeah, he'll have a game like he had against the Atlanta Falcons, which was an absolute dud. Then he'll turn around and he will lead the team in tackles and end up forcing a fumble and getting an interception. He's an electric player but he needs to play at that electric level every single game because it's it's just not happening. We got Falcons, Hawks, Braves fan in the chat. He says, good game, go Falcons. Hey, FHB fan extraordinaire, congrats on the win. I know, uh, I know Falcons fans are really excited. Appreciate you jumping in and watching. Appreciate you being uh, kind and courteous and respectful of all the Bucks fans in the chat. Um, you know, always enjoy to see that. Um, let's see. We got Demon Hunter in the chat says Devin White is the Jameis Winston of our defense. Not ready to say that. Not ready to say that. Uh, he is, however, the Quan Alexander of the 2020s. Um, we got uh the Beggies 95. This is the Falcons division. It's over for the Bucks. Let's relax. Let's calm down a little bit there's a lot of season left um so we'll you know they get to play again in december we'll we'll see if if the buccaneers can uh can return the favor when they play in atlanta but that is going to do it for this episode of locked on bucks don't forget coming up tomorrow david has a very special guest lined up going to be a really really interesting and exciting show to listen to so make sure you are checking that out. In the meantime, check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 